Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. How are you tonight, church? God bless you. (laughs) Wow. What a night to be in church, right? Absolutely awesome. Well, listen, a little bit of housekeeping before we get going tonight. And uh, we've got some great, uh, some great news uh, going on. It's, it's good to have uh, some uh, great news. Now, first of all, if you are, are a believer, if you have a Bible and you read it, every day is great news. Every day is good news as we read about the promises of God. Uh, so for us, it's always a win-win, and that's, that's uh, exhilarating. Uh, but we're very, very excited uh, to announce, this is actually, this was moments ago. Can you see this piece of paper? This is moments ago, literally, uh, where, when I say moments, I'm talking about five minutes ago, uh, we just found out that starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on DirecTV, that's channel 343, uh, God has seen fit to put us on Israeli television in English. Isn't that amazing? So for those of you who are aware, it's called I-24. They have an Israeli Hebrew channel that's obviously in Israel, and they have a U.S. Western uh, channel that's in English. And so I-24, be praying for that. Be praying that God will use it to reach the people of Israel and the Jews that are in the United States. So that's absolutely uh, exciting for sure. And then, um, listen, I, I, really quick, we're very, I'm very happy. I'll, I'll just say that I'm very happy. And uh, for this reason, a little bit of a backstory before we get into tonight. Um, some of you might remember the original recall effort of Gavin Newsom before COVID. Anybody remember that? And um, I think we had reached somewhere north of 700,000 signatures, and then COVID came, and COVID saved Gavin Newsom from the recall. So it had to start all over again. And it did, and it was overwhelmingly successful. And you guys know that September 14th, so please be praying, is the vote. This is what you're going to be having to decide. You're going to be asked two questions on your ballot. Number one question will be, should Governor Newsom be removed from office, okay? And then the second question will be, who do you want to have him replaced? And so, (laughs) so let me say this. There are some really great candidates that are out there. I mean this sincerely. There's some really, really good people that are in the running, But already, as you've been watching the media for this last week and a half, two weeks, uh, Larry Elder is way out and ahead. And Larry, I believe that Larry Elder is the only guy that can can easily defeat Gavin Newsom. Larry Elder, and I I have to just say that not only have I been involved in this, I have to tell you that way back then, I asked if he would run for governor back then. He said, no way. Then the second time around, Dennis Prager and I, and Dennis, you know, Dennis is a big guy. I'm a a little guy. Dennis is a giant. So Dennis and I ganged up on Larry Elder and asked him again. And uh, you know the news, Larry Elder, we went up to his home. We sat with him for many hours. We prayed, we talked, we discussed hot button issues. And uh, then the decision was made that he was going to announce. He thus announced. And um, I'm not at liberty to tell you the details right now. But the powers that be went into hypergear to try to destroy Larry Elder to keep him from running. And we are grateful today that a judge ruled against Gavin Newsom... 
So we've got a guy that's running for governor. September 24th, you're going to have to decide that. I'm sorry, September 14th, you're going to have to decide that. And here's the beautiful thing, is we're talking about a man who grew up in South Central Los Angeles with nothing, who has made it in the top of his field, a man who loves California enough to now take his comfortable life and make it difficult, because he believes that California is worth saving as you do. And here's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is, and I love this, Larry Elder is everything that the independents, the Democrats, and the Republicans should get behind. Why? He's a black man from South Central who has become successful and is now an entrepreneur, and if that doesn't wow you enough, he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, come on. This is going to be a tremendous thing, and we are just, we're very delighted uh, to be, I'll just say this at this time, to be very involved. And so we're thrilled. So be praying, everybody. And uh, this is just a tremendous time. So listen, in light of that, the real reason why you're here tonight, and we're delighted about the, the vast audience that's viewing right now that are joining us live, um, happening now uh, is something that uh, God laid on our hearts to respond to the craziness uh, several years ago, the craziness of everybody predicting the end of the world and this is going to happen and Jesus is coming back on that day and Bible prophecy this and Bible prophecy that and all of these prophets about what's going to happen and none of those prophecies came to true. And we knew they wouldn't come true, but a lot of people didn't know. But how did we know and they didn't know? Because the Bible's very clear. And nobody should be deceived at a time like this. And so Happening Now was created to answer the bombacity and the craziness and the drama that is out there uh, regarding what God says about the future and when is the end of the world and is it true that on June, you know, or July 29th it's all going to come? Cra no. No. And so to help me, once again, as we have in the past, to address these issues... Uh, a man that needs no uh, introduction at this church, but I know that many of you are new. Uh, Amir Sarfate has been a longtime friend, a very, very close brother. We have traveled all over speaking together, and uh, he is uh, a major in the Israeli Defense Force. He's the founder and president of Behold Israel. Uh, Amir is actually an ambassador uh, for believers out of Israel all around the world, and uh, I can't say enough about him, but I can tell you this. Uh, on one hand, I, I, I could hand my family and my wallet and the keys to whatever I have uh, to those individuals, and Amir is one of those guys, and so I love him. Give a warm welcome to Amir Serfate. Thank you. All right, so we're going to dive in, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go for this because we want to be very, very quick, uh, and we want to get to questions uh, and answer them. But uh, regarding, again, happening now, the whole genesis of this is answering uh, these dynamic questions that, quite frankly, the Christian church has suffered a black eye in many, many ways uh, because of these crazy predictions. Uh, we want to make mention of the fact that uh, our life in this world needs to be seen through a biblical lens. That's what we're going to be doing tonight, is looking at the world through the biblical lens. And that um, we are seeing in our world today uh, the state of our world, the state of nations that are in a free fall. And uh, we'll talk about that tonight. Um, before we get going, I want to say something that we were talking about earlier today. Is um, if we were to step into a kitchen tonight, or maybe your kitchen, if you were to pull out some eggs, and you would say, here you go, you want to eat? Um, I think we should cook them first, but you would say, no, eat. So that's not going to work. Well, what if you pulled out some flour and say, here, eat this. I'm not interested. And I checked the internet to make sure this was true. If you were to add things like, if you were to add things like baking soda, milk, sugar, you see what's happening right now? What sounded very unattractive by itself 
Now I think, Jack, you're talking about a recipe. And I think if you keep talking, you're talking about baking a cake. And right now in our world, the things that we're going to cover tonight, just alone by themselves, not so interesting. When you begin to discuss what's happening in the world at the same time right now, we now have a recipe for something that God has predicted from the beginning. From the beginning. Amir, what do you got? Well... You know, we, we, we are watching not only freefall, but it's picking up speed. We talked about it, the fact that more and more countries around the world are actually collapsing. And the trust between the people and their government is gone. You're looking at uh, what's going on in parts of South Africa. It's not the whole country, but still, you see... It's a terrible thing. You see uh, what is also going on in, um, in, in Cuba, you know. We're watching what is going on in France and in the UK when it comes to the green pass that, uh, they, that millions went to the streets uh, a couple days ago to protest. We are watching... Can you explain the green pass? Yeah, the, well, you know, uh, well, the whole thing of... Uh, only vaccinated people are allowed to, to do certain things in certain places, and you have to show that you have been vaccinated with that specific uh, electronic thing um, on your phone or whatever it is. So it's, 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 it's the lack of trust between people and government that I believe is not only picking up speed, but it is going to lead to a worldwide demand for a different type of government. A different type of government that will no longer allow a corrupt government to rule one nation. They are looking for... No, wait, don't clap because... (laughs) Wait until you hear what they want. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) We're talking about it is going to be a demand for a global government. And it's going to be a demand for something that will not allow a government to uh, be corrupt. To the point that when that world leader will step into that scene, he will be worshipped not by one country, not by two, but by the whole world. And so we're, here we are, 2021, and we're watching the world falling apart. And we have the two options. We have the option of becoming depressed and angry and fearful Mm -hmm. or understand that we were warned and told about that for a reason Mm -hmm. and for a season. And that is so we can, A, tell others about the Word of God and B, get ready to be out of here. And so... So what we're going to try to do this evening is basically look at world events, then zoom into the Middle East, and then zoom into Israel. Because let's face it, um, Bible prophecy has absolutely nothing to say about the relations between different countries. I mean, you don't hear about a war between Germany and France in the Bible. You don't hear about... but. It's all about their relations, the nation's relations with Israel, the land, and the people. And so eventually we will never be able to understand prophecy unless we understand how it relates to what is going on in Israel today. And and that's why I love that verse from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. I think we have them on the screen so you can see. Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations, ask your father and he will show you your elders and they will tell you when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, and that is in the Babel, in the Tower of Babel, look, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. It all has to do with Israel, the boundaries, the nations, where they are, what they do. It is connected to Israel. And when you try to remove Israel from the equation, you become ignorant of the plan of God, the word of God, and the hope that we have in that word. So 
That's what we want to do this evening. Yeah, and, and I know that for many of you, this is new. Some of the things that even Amir mentioned a moment ago, you may have never heard this before. For example, he mentioned when we get out of here or when we go up or when we... These things we say, because we've talked so much about this over the decades, but we understand that you may not be aware or comfortable. So if at any time, remember, there's a question or you can uh, text the question to the number that you'll see uh, on the screen popping up. Uh, because we want you to know this. And in, in our notes, I, I wrote down, have hope, not sorrow. That's why we're here together tonight. As believers, and I want to say this carefully, as believers, we, we should never be the kind of people that say things like, oh my goodness, there was a, a 7.9 earthquake in Japan. Woo, the end is near. I mean, you look like a lunatic like that. Don't do that. Well, Jesus said there's going to be earthquakes. We get that. But it's not something you cheer about. Well, it means that the end is near. Well, just wait a moment. The Bible does say earthquakes are going to increase in the last days. Jesus said that's one of the marks of the end times. But at the same time, when we see these things happen, we as believers are not to be shaken. We're not to panic. And we're not to act goofy. And we're not to scream and cry either. Everything that God said that we need is written down in the word so that we might have hope in these days. So you say, I don't want to listen to Bible prophecy. You need to stop thinking like that. God gave us Bible prophecy, as our good friend Dr. Ed Heinsohn says, not to scare us, but to prepare us. Listen to this, Luke 21, 25. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The word in Greek means no way out. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud and with power and great glory. Verse 28, then when they see these things begin, or now when the, these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Everything we talk about tonight, we want you to be encouraged by these things, not scared by them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That was a pause for you to jump in. All right, okay. Go for it. So let's start talking about world events, because I'm sure all of you understand that there are so many countries around the world that are being shaken right now. It is not only by COVID. It's not only by corrupt government. Um, what is going on in Germany and Belgium and the Netherlands right now? Huge floods. And we're talking about rains that have not been seen in, in that part of, of Europe ever, I think. I mean, the rain, I'm not talking about the flood, the rain destroyed the roofs of the houses. Not to mention the fact that hundreds are missing. Hundreds died also. They don't remember anything like that. We're talking about floods in China, Guangzhou, that city. I mean, you should Horrible. see how many of you uh, are um, subscribers to our Telegram channels. Okay, that's, how many of you are not? That's not enough. Raise your hands. Yes. You guys, yes. look, some, they're, not, <laughs> they're not being honest because some people raised their hands, but most didn't raise their hands. Yeah. Listen, so, if you want... Okay, never mind. What I want to try to say is... We, I share videos of, of the stuff that is going on around the world. Sometimes those are too graphic, and I know, I'm sorry, but you need to know what's going on. The floods in China also, they trapped hundreds of people in the subway mm. because, I mean, Horrible. they've never seen anything. So we're, we're looking at unbelievable things that even those were predicted in the scriptures as the signs of the end times. Okay? Now... We talked about the fact that there's also a growing number of financial experts that are predicting that the cryptocurrency, for example, is now going to become a new global currency. Now, they're not sure which one, but they're sure that it's definitely going to replace everything else because it is, according to what they say, the most secure way to do things. And I'm not saying whether it's good or bad, right or wrong. I'm just telling you mm -hmm. what is being now uh, shared. We're also seeing uh, other things that are, are happening, such as climate experts. <laughs> climate experts that are telling you that this is it. Uh, 
Let me, before we leave and go off to the climate thing, because again, I want to be sensitive to many of you that I've met who you have, you have, you, you don't have prophecy Bible uh, knowledge. You haven't read. You don't know where to read. And I, that's why you're here tonight. We're glad you are. But for some people in the mirror, they, don't, they didn't see the connection. So what about Bitcoin? So what, maybe it's a good idea to have one That's unified global yeah. currency. You know, mm. why not? Because yeah. you look around at the world, and the world is hurting, mm. which is really hard for us. I told you yes. earlier. You guys, listen. 2020, in many ways, hurt a lot of people. In many ways, people did better. It depends on where you worked and what you did or what you do. But America, as much as it suffered from 2020, financially did pretty good in the world. Not as good as China, hello. Remarkable, that's a whole other story. My point is this, that even right now in 2021, uh, look, the economy's taken off to such a point, we don't have enough people to fill jobs. We need people to get back to work because companies are, are open. As Americans, we're in a bubble. You think you've got it rough, you don't have it rough. The poorest people in America are rich, richer than most people in the world. The point is this, we're insulated and isolated. When he mentions a global currency, you say, what's the big deal, who cares? The Bible says in Revelation 13 that there's going to be a one world global currency and it's not gonna be uh, paper in coins. It won't even be uh, a Bitcoin. It's going to be numbers. So that's why what he said is important. It's numerical trade coming, and that's written in the Bible, Revelation chapter 13. Very important you know that and the connection. And that's a way for a central government led by one person to control the whole world, not just the one part of the world. It's, it's quite remarkable. We're also watching the rise of a one world religion, if you ask me, because you know, I've been watching carefully uh, what the Catholic Church turned into. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but, but it's emptying itself from Jesus and it's filling itself with ecumenism and it's filling itself with um, everything but Christ. It's all about, uh, uh, you know, uh, do good, be good, feel good, say good. And we are watching uh, stuff being done all across the world that will introduce a new form of religion where there is no one way, no one truth, no one life. For example, in Abu Dhabi, they open a big center where you have a church, synagogue, and a, a, and, and a mosque, and it is known as the house of Abraham, house of worship for all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can clearly see the direction is to no longer say and by the way, it's a hate speech if you say that Jesus is the only way, truth, and life. Now, this is not acceptable anymore in many places. So, so we are watching, we're watching everything around the world moving towards that direction. And then, of course, add to that is always that fear that they install in people that the world is going to come to an end tomorrow because of climate change. And, and then, you know, you have to go to this Green New Deal or whatever it is and pour billions of dollars on smaller windows. Or what well, is it exactly all about? Well, <laughs> this, the Bible talks about a one-world currency and a one-world religion. Which, by the way, that's during the tribulation period, which I believe is one of the arguments as to why you cannot find the church in the tribulation. Anywhere in the Bible, you can't find the church in the tribulation period. Mm-hmm. Having said that, look, you said, I hope I don't offend anybody. Listen, being offended is not a bad thing. It depends on what is being said. I offend a lot of people lately, so. So, so, so let, me, let me say this. To, because if this offends you, I want you to think about it. This pope is causing more Catholics If a Catholic reads their Bible, they're leaving the Catholic Church because of this Pope. I don't know if you know what he believes and what he says about doctrine, about God, about sexuality, about gender, 
about the religions of the world, about creation, about creation versus evolution.、Mm-hmm. This pope is doing more for Protestant evangelism. But listen, if you're a Catholic and you're offended by that, prove us wrong. Go ahead, please, prove us wrong. And when you cannot do that, go find a Bible teaching church.、Amen. Really, go find a Bible teaching church. Because now's your time. Now's your time to,、mm. to come out. Yeah, yeah. Okay.、Let's、so regarding the climate change, you see every every you know every few weeks they tell you it's the end of the world. Al Gore, it's a profession. He's、uh, <laughs> been doing that for the longest time.、Um, now it's global warming. Okay. Climate experts, but let me remind you what in 1978 they used to say then. Okay, let's see it and see. Eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. In 1977, the worst winter in a century struck the United States. Arctic cold ripped the Midwest for weeks on end. Great blizzards paralyzed cities of the Northeast. One desperate night in Buffalo, eight people froze to death in marooned cars. Pat Bushnell was on the road that night. Traffic just absolutely stopped. I was afraid of being stuck in the car all night long with the、uh, cold and the wind running out of gas. And then what? I think that if we had to go through a real bad winter, just like we just went through. I think we'd have to think about moving someplace else. Move where? The brutal Buffalo winter might become common all over the United States. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. You guys can stop the video. So check it out. We survived. You guys, the, listen. The the young people, the young people in this room have no idea that when I was in junior high and high school,、yeah. all the scientists, not all scientists, the media were telling us we were going to be quite possibly the last generation, or we might have children, maybe. But they would freeze to death. Why? Listen, how many of you remember that? Look around, young people. Look around. You pe- people are f- panicking over、uh, climate change. Listen, we've already lived through this. Okay, it's called summer, fall, winter, spring. <laughs> But why? Why are we talking about it? Because Jesus said people's hearts are going to fail them for fear when they hear about these things. Listen, have you not learned in 2020 that fear is a very powerful tool? Fear can get you to do things you don't want to do. Fear can get you to sign up for anything. Fear manipulates. Fear has gotten people in complete lockstep obedience to most of it being lunacy, not knowing why they're doing what they're doing. Why? Fear. Right? That's never going to change. Yeah. Yeah. So. So as you can see, globally, we are definitely heading that direction. And、uh, now let's zoom in, if we may, to the Middle East, okay?、Mm-hmm. Because we're、um, what's going on in the Middle East?、Uh, just about three hours ago, another Israeli strike in Syria.、Mm. If you had Telegram, you would have known.、Um, <laughs> I had to say.、So、he has Telegram also, just so you know. Don't, don't blame me. No, I'm just saying. He is a partner for the crime. So、um, we we have Lebanon is in the verge of complete collapse, and it's a very sad story. By the way, Israel offers help to Lebanon because the greatest fear that we have is that Iran is going to take over vis-a-vis Hezbollah, 
And so what we want to do is to help as much as we can so the, so the, 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 the government or at least the people will, will not, because right now what it turns into, it turns into a battle between ethnic groups and between religious groups. It's no longer, uh, so now you have the Sunnis via the Shiites and then you have the Maronite Christians and then you have the Druze and it's such a chaos right now and, and the Lebanese people are suffering. They have two to five hours electricity a day, that's it. They ran out of gasoline in the gas stations. There is no water flowing because of the pumps that are operated by electricity aren't working. And you come to the point where even the military that used to be the consensus of the country is now being hated by the people because it represents a corrupt government. So now the people are even turning against their own military and government. So, so what we see there, it's, it's, it's very, very sad. And that's the north. Syria, I don't need to tell you, mm. it's, it's already fallen apart. It's, it's not there. Although Assad was re-elected, yes, sure. Um, um, this is not a country that is independent. Jordan is hanging on a thread right now. And uh, it needs uh, international help or else it won't make it. Uh, Egypt is now in a, with a horrible tension with Ethiopia over the fact that Ethiopia um, is now filling a, um, a whole reservoir as they completed the, the dam known as the Resurrection Dam, and that f stops the flow of the Nile all the way uh, towards uh, um, the delta of the Nile in Egypt, and of course will bring the farmers in Egypt to uh, have much less water than they have now. So, you understand what's going on in the Middle East right now. Iraq is, is, is it's in chaos. In Iran itself, if you've been following the news, you know there are great um, uh, demonstrations and riots right now. Every day it's growing bigger and bigger. The Basij, the, the security forces, are, are killing people with live ammunition. Just today, 12 uh, were killed. And the whole Middle East is falling apart. And by the way, it's ever since the 46th president took office. While the 45th was there, it was the most stable time the Middle East had. And peace treaties were actually introduced in the Middle East. So we're watching, look, the, 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 the identity of the person who sits in the White House affects not just the citizen of the United States. It affects many other parts of the world. And the inability of the American government today to act, to, to do even something in the Middle East causes all the radical elements to make a move and to literally kick America out of the Middle East. I don't know if you know that, Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, we know that. You guys ran away from Afghanistan overnight. Bagram Air Base was abandoned overnight. The Afghans are in complete shock. Afghans started now an exodus. People leaving Afghanistan on the way to Iran, on the way to Turkey, on the way to Europe. This exodus had begun already. Um, again, one place after the other within Iraq, within Afghanistan. And when Jesus talked about nation against nation, he talks about ethnos versus ethnos. It's not just country against country. Within the countries, we see ethnic group against mm -hmm. ethnic group, and it's all around the Middle East. I want to add something, and I'm encouraging all of you to go and look at the migration of people leaving and heading toward, they're walking through Syria, they're walking, I mean, you can go, go look at the line miles, miles mm -hmm. long, and where are they going? They're going to Europe. Some of the European countries will not let these people in because there's no documentation, they, those, those countries cannot sustain this influx, mm -hmm. but these people are going to Europe. What will that do to Europe? It will destabilize Europe. In short order, because their, their economies cannot sustain this level of millions of welfare cases overnight. Are you with me? And he said it a moment ago, you don't think voting and getting involved matters? 
This is happening because the Middle East is being destabilized in these last several months because there's no leader anywhere to keep things in check. But, again, remember I said don't cheer about things, you know, oh, look, this war and that thing. No, listen, this is very important. Nations must become unstable to welcome in the advent of the Bible, what the Bible calls is the Antichrist, Mm -hmm. the coming world savior, the Antichrist. Which we believe, at least I believe, and I'm sure you will also in a second. Um, (laughs) We believe he will come from Western Europe because we believe the same place where the Roman Empire came from to to destroy the temple in Daniel chapter 9. It is in the same sequence of of verses that Daniel talked about the 70th week, the last week, which will uh, start with the covenant that that leader is going to uh, confirm with Israel. And halfway through, he will stop the sacrifice in the temple, which, by the way, now, I guess, moves us all the way, we zoom in to Israel itself. So... But uh, so again, this, the, you mentioned the 70th week. Correct. Question, how, no, if you don't know about the 70th week, read Daniel 9, as you Correct. said. Question to you, how long is the 70th week? Wonderful. So first of all, Daniel received a, an amazing uh, vision from uh, the archangel where he actually, um, under, I mean, the, the whole vision was about the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It was about them and for them. So when you talk about the weeks, and every week is a time period of seven biblical years. A year in the Bible, in the Old Testament, according to Jewish calendar, is only 360 days. Mm -hmm. We follow the lunar calendar, okay? And so every year has 360 days. Every week has seven years. And the Bible says Daniel received an amazing vision for the exact time the Messiah has to enter Jerusalem, be killed for something he never did. In other words, he never really committed. And it says so in the language. Yes, he says in the Hebrew. And then he says, and the temple has to be destroyed by a great nation that will come. So not, the Jews are not going to destroy their own temple. A great empire will destroy their temple. And that is exactly what happened when Jesus came and then was crucified. And after his crucifixion, a few years later, we know that the temple was destroyed. But then Daniel's prophecy differentiated the first 69 weeks from the last one which will take place much later. The last one is another period of seven years. And again, these seven years are about what? About who? About the people of Israel and about the city of Jerusalem. That's why Christians must understand the tribulation has absolutely nothing to do with the church. It's not for the church, not about the church, and if you want to stay here, you're welcome. (laughs) But it's not for you. Now, it's about And I always say, if you go to Hosea 5.15, you understand, the tribulation is about Israel's salvation, or will lead eventually to Israel's salvation. That's also in Jeremiah 30, in Daniel chapter 12. But I want you to understand that that particular seven years period cannot begin, cannot begin until someone is rising to offer that peace treaty for Israel for seven years. And he will actually break that halfway through. Now that someone, according to my New Testament, cannot be revealed before what? Yeah, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 7. Yeah. Before the restrainer is taken out of his way. A reference of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So church... um, it's, it's so, so important that we talked about a void in the world right now of leadership. These things must happen. We do not rejoice over it, but these things must happen. Mm-hmm. So as a believer, if all of these things are so, gee, if the world's supposed to fall apart, then I'm going to help it fall apart. No, you're not. As a believer, we're, we have our marching orders, and that is to live for the glory of God. Amen. We are to be sharing the gospel everywhere with joy and with respect, right, to people mm-hmm. that we share with, right? Yes. And 
we are to occupy till he comes. It means that you and I are supposed to be very busy about doing good. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, but the end is coming. We are supposed to be very busy about doing good. Mm-hmm. Till the day Jesus comes, either for your life independently or the rapture of the church corporately, you and I are supposed to be doing the right thing. You never put on a white robe and sit on the roof and wait for Jesus to show up. In fact, the Bible condemns that kind of action. They'll take you with that white robe somewhere else. So so just know that. Well, if it's all going to go up in flames, then why care? That's a bizarre way of thinking because there's souls out there that we want to reach. There's people who need love and compassion. There's people that need care. And we need to reach them. So when we talk about the things regarding the end, know this. We are not saying, yay, yay, people are going to suffer and the world's going to implode. No, we recognize the times and the seasons that the Bible told us about. Jesus said, you'll never know the day or the hour. But Paul wrote to the Thessalonians concerning the times and the seasons. Mm. You will have no need that I should write to you. Very important. Mm. That's why this night's very important. Is the world... And again, look, we're at a handicap right now. I, I don't mean this to insult you, but we are Western and we're Americans. We do not appreciate the hour that we're in right now as the world is being destabilized as we speak. It's not just, well, the, in 2020, there was rioting and you were concerned about it. And there were people, and you didn't drive to Los Angeles or you didn't go to Oakland. You didn't go to downtown cities, did you? You were concerned about that. But now you're not concerned about it. There's no more rioting. No more rioting. You want to know why? Because the selection of a leader went their way. That's why there's no rioting. You're going to have to wait till 2022 for the next phase of riot. Listen, put it on video. Record me now. 2022 is an election Mm. year. As you approach that election year, you're going to start seeing our cities catch fire again. Why? That's how you pressure people into either not voting or voting a certain way. Why does that happen? Lack of leadership. Mm. What, what does that result in? A destabilized town, city, county, state, nation, world. Yeah. There's no leader on the scene right now, which is why Vladimir Putin is leveraging his power right now and sticking his nose in places like Sudan and Libya, and other places. And oh, by the way, we don't have a video of it because I just, I can't find a good one. Today's Wednesday, right? Was it Monday or Tuesday that Russia put us on notice, man? Russia tested their hypersonic nuclear cruise missile. Nothing can shoot it down. Because it's so fast. We cannot stop it. We got caught with our technology down, and now we got to play catch-up, and it ain't going to happen for at least four years. We're in trouble, and Russia is flexing their muscle. Why, Amir? Why is Russia important in a destabilized Middle East right now? This is it. So we're at the point where the region, the Middle East, is no longer... Uh, only the surrounding countries uh, right around Israel. Now we have greater powers that are coming closer and closer to Israel. Russia is the first one. It started with two aircraft and it it ended up with right now half of their military is almost there. Mm -hmm. And Russia is definitely having presence in Syria. It's having presence in Libya, in Sudan as we speak, and Russia is interested in, um, in, of course, making sure that its presence will yield some gain. You know, they're not there for nothing. They're not there to just be the police of the area. They want fat contracts to rebuild Syria, to rebuild Libya, to rebuild Sudan. And if they're not going to get it, they will go after someone else who has something else that they want, such as Israel with the gas and the oil and the technology that we have. Also, Turkey, make no mistake, 
Turkey is with its back to the wall right now. Yeah. Their economy is in shambles. Their currency is down the drains. Turkey needs a war in order to revive its economy. Turkey is now being invited into Afghanistan by the Taliban. Turkey is already in Syria. It's in Azerbaijan. It, it, it is in Libya. Turkey is sending its arms everywhere. What about Iran? Same thing. Iran controls what's going on in Yemen, what's going on in, in Iraq, what's going on in Lebanon, and it has also affiliation with other places uh, in the area, such as uh, um, uh, Syria, as well as um, Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza Strip. All that to tell you that when Ezekiel wrote his 38th chapter, he actually was more accurate than yesterday's newspapers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he predicted that there is, when Israel is going to be safe, secure, and prosperous, and we've never been safer and more secure and more prosperous than today, Israel will suffer an invasion that will be led by Rosh, Russia, and it will include Turkey of today, which is Gomer and the house of Togarma, and it will include Iran of today, which is Persia, and it also mentions Libya and Sudan. Now, <laughs> you see, it's a 27-year-old prophecy that is more accurate than today's newspaper. All that to tell you that here we are, and we cannot, we cannot stop Bible prophecy from happening. We, we just heard that. You can stand outside the house of where the Antichrist will rise from it, let's say, and you can say, I'm not going to let you rise. And you know what? He will rise. You know, you can try to stop the Ezekiel war. You won't be able to because it will have. God is not asking for our permission. He is not asking us to change the course of history because he told us what history is going to look like. He wants you by your decision and your life today to determine where you will be when these world events are going to happen. I often tell people the book of Revelation, as well as all the other prophets, it's not a suggestion. God, in an infinite wisdom, already saw everything. Mm -hmm. We cannot see it. He saw it. And he sent us an email <laughs> with, with exact things that are going to happen. You're not going to change it. The question is, where will you be when these things are going to happen? And interesting, we just talked about it. Um, we're watching conservatives flipping into liberals, but you're not watching the opposite. You're watching now what, what, what um, uh, Paul said to Timothy, that in the latter days, people will depart from what? Will, from faith. In other words, they were supposed to be believers. They were people of faith. They were conservative. And they will start following other things. Why? Because they are tired. They don't, they don't trust God. They trust the things that they see. They trust governments. Mm -hmm. they, they are afraid. They put their trust in the wrong things. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we need to trust in the name of the Lord. So we, we're watching all of these things happening. And that leads me to... What happened in Israel? Why do you think Benjamin Netanyahu is not the prime minister right now? Because the conservative right-wing party that was for sure on his side flipped. And, because they, and how did they flip? They were offered prime ministership. Only six seats in the parliament out of 120. Take this, become the prime minister and be with us. And let's cause a change. The word change. No, Does sound familiar? No, he's being serious. The word change became a major campaign word. Does this sound familiar? Yes. Where did Israel learn that from? We have Big Brother. Now, Proverbs. Oh, yeah. Do we, we have, have that it. verse from that's right here. Proverbs? Uh, Proverbs 30. Uh, it's no, 24, verses 21 to 22. There you go. 24. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate <laughs> with those given to change. <laughs> For their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin those two can bring. That's good. That's good. And, and the change in Israel can be felt already. 
And I want to tell you something. I mourn, I lament the fall of my country. My country is not the same. I'm a very, very proud Israeli. No more. No more. I love my country. Mm. But what we have right now, mm. it's disgusting. Yeah. It, I am, I, I don't, you know, okay, so now I have a problem. Why? Because I'm an Israeli, I'm a Jew, but I'm also a believer. Okay? So I'm torn between my heavenly citizenship, my earthly citizenship, and my Jewish roots and become, being part of Israel, but also I am part of the church. You understand that? You know, when, they, when the rapture takes place, I'm not going to stay here. Okay? Watch this. So I know, I know, I know that my people will take the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Scripturally, I know. I know that they will be given to that change. I know that they will be deceived. This is the hour of trial that many people will be deceived. And I, I can see that happen. I am lamenting. So what am I going to do? Witness. Exactly. We need not to sit and watch it happening. We need to always witness. We need to share the good news. We need to tell them the, the hope of Israel is not military, government, land, peace process, or the, the identity of the person sits in the White House. The hope of Israel is their Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And, and by the way, they will find out that that's their hope. And unfortunately, for the most part, most of them will only find out after the tribulation or throughout the tribulation. And, and of course, at the very end, the Bible says, both in Jeremiah 30, about Jacob's trouble, that they will be saved out of it, and in Daniel 12, that they will be saved out of it. Daniel says, who will be saved out of it? Those who's, that their name is written in the book. Amen. Which book? The book of life. How can your name be written in the book of life, if you're asking? If you believe in the one that gives you life in the one that is the truth, the way, and the life. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app available in Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.